1: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another exciting episode of AGP. Amanda Gillum presents, as always, I am your host. I am Amanda Gillum, and AGP is brought to you by some of the most fantastic sponsors we have out there, from Scott Comics, that brings you amazing comics like Our Mom and Heart Case, to Hazel Productions, which has all the little adorable prints you could ever want, and the all-ages comic, Peanut It and Jelly, the other wonderful podcast that I get to do some co-hosting on, UVN, the Underground Video Network, who's been doing podcasts for 15 years, the ever-wonderful Gem City Comic Con, which will be coming to you in the Dayton, Ohio Convention Center on April 1st and 2nd of 2017, and of course Mr. Mark Kidwell, comic creator of Images 68. Now, today, I have this amazing guest. I actually did get to meet him at Gem City Comic Con this year in 2016. He was doing this amazing print of Godzilla vs. Cthulhu, and you all know how much I love my Cthulhu, and we became instant friends the moment we started talking. So I want everybody to give a warm welcome to my friend, Mr. Illustrator, Jay Five. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank
0: you. Oh the sure. church cut
1: the lights.
0: This is it. We'll hit the heights. so oh, what heights will hit, On with the show. This is it. Hey. i always wanted to do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and at this point, everybody should know exactly where this show's going. All right. <laughs> oh,
0: my God. They have no idea, kiddo. They have no idea. <laughs> they think they, you they and do.
1: I- you and I together are a very scary, wonderful little duet. Let's yes. let's think about this. Just what two weeks ago, you and I came up with the creations of the teenage mutant ninja ninja Cthulhus.
0: Mm-hmm. Madness and a half show. <laughs> oh, what an awesome idea!
1: <laughs> <laughs> when do we get that print? <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: I'm trying to get through the stack that I gotta get done first. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but this one's going to be much more fun.
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I, I, yeah, I'm, I will do my darnest to have it ready for you for Gym City
1: next year. How's that? That would be awesome. Uh, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, just be my, uh, <laughs> I'll be hanging <laughs> out with all my – I'll be hanging out with
0: all my – I'm stepping on you. I'm sorry.
1: It's Go all right. ahead. You know, you could just change the madness in the half shell to madness will consume you, and it will work so much better. By the way, I was going with madness in a
0: half shell. That's that's the that's where I was going with that. I I I tend to mumble sometimes. I try not to, but it happens. I got to get into my radio voice again. It's been a long time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but could you just imagine, just say, madness will consume you, and then you and that yipy yell that you did in Indiana would be absolutely fantabulous.
0: <laughs> the yipey yell.
1: <laughs> you do. You have a yipey yell of...
0: That <laughs> uh, scared the crap out of me. I forget who that was. <laughs> was that Jude Brickman who was standing there? <laughs> Man. <laughs> and she challenged me. She challenged me, man. She's like, uh, yeah, well, you, you talk quietly. You got nothing. You got nothing. Yeah, I barked right through the back of her skull, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> now you're known as a pinup artist, and, mm-hmm. and and you're a great illustrator. You do portrait arts. Um, you're from the Ohio Valley. Yeah, Ohio. Yeah, Ohio. And, 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 and you do fully render pencil drawings of characters from basically all aspects, from horror, fantasy, sci-fi and comics. So what yeah. got you interested in drawing?
0: Well that's oh um when I found a pencil when I was five years old, that's pretty much what did it. Uh also growing up pretty much in the country. Uh there was nothing around here. I had a I had a small handful of friends. Um and, and uh, you no know, siblings and I live like you know, I still do I live on top of a hilltop in, uh, in rural Ohio so what are you gonna do? you know you, your, your imagination tends to, to run away and, and have fun and you know you see TV shows and you see movies and you're like I can do that I want to do that and you start creating your own stories you start creating your own characters you start making your own things, to extend playtime. You know, it, it, that's what it kind of became. Um, you know, I watch, uh, I, I would watch, oh, back in those days, it was stuff like Dark Shadows and Star Trek, you know, when it was still on TV and would get so excited about it thinking, I, you know, I want to do my own thing. I want to show my own characters. Um, And, and I, I still say, that I, I still love to tell a few select people that when I was five years old, I created this horrible superhero named Wolfman. He was, he had the head of a wolf and an orange bodysuit and an orange cape, and he flew around fighting crime. and And I was so proud of myself for creating Wolfman that that, that I drew him everywhere, much much to my mom's horror.
1: <laughs> I want a print of that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, and then then things came came to a dramatic change. Um, oh God, I was about six or seven years old. And I started learning about monster movies. And back in that time, you were talking, you know, 69, 70, 71, that area, there really wasn't a lot on TV for kids. And you kind of had to, I mean, there's no cable TV, so you had to wait around for whatever the broadcasters decided to throw your way. And uh, we were lucky enough, uh, and, and I think you're local enough to to have experienced this. But in Pittsburgh uh, in the 70s, they had uh, Chiller Theater at 11:30 on on Saturday nights before SNL came along. And then he was the great Pittsburgh monster movie host, Bill Cardell, and uh, he would run like a double feature of monster movies. And, and it was sometimes a classic, sometimes a sci-fi, sometimes a B movie, sometimes a flasher flick, whatever. Uh, you never knew what you were gonna get. But he did try to cover the basics with the, uh, with the classics. And uh, it started uh, when um, my, my father got all excited because this movie was coming on. And I he liked war movies. He was always watching you know, stuff like The Longest Day and uh, Battle of the Bulge and stuff like that. And uh, he was all excited this movie was coming on. And I, I thought, oh, what's this, another war movie going from the title? he goes, no, this is The War of the Worlds. And I was intrigued right then. I'm like, oh, i got to see what this is. I had no idea. (laughs) I sat down and watched this movie with him and was just amazed. When those Martian war machines came rising up out of that valley and sort of obliterating everything, you know, in the bright colors and and, and just the the great soundtrack, I, I was just hooked. I was so in love with this. And it, it, to this day, it's not my favorite movie. I, I, I was just in delirium over how much I love this movie. And we talked about oh. it in, just over and over and over again. And from there on, it was like I trusted my father's movie taste <laughs> no matter what. And I put up with some crappy movies to do that. But then came, and here's where you're going get, to get a kick out of this um, we, we were watching Chiller Theater. And uh he, he he yells from the T V room, he says, Hey Jay, you wanna watch this monster movie with me? And I'm all excited and I come running down and I says, Oh yeah, what 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 is this? He says, Oh, this is the monster movie and I says, Okay, what is it? And it was the one you watched last night, God Billy oh. King of the Monsters.
1: Did you watch the American version?
0: That was the American version, yes, with Raymond Bird. That was all that they would run on T V at that time. Um, but man, let me tell you how, how an influence can can affect somebody yeah it was it was kaiju ever from there on uh every, <laughs> and i i i would every time the new tv guy would come out the first thing i would do was grab it and look to see what was on saturday in the afternoons they would run movies and the evenings they would run movies so i just i i looked for that little tag in the tv guy that said japanese because i knew i was on to something <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then you realized when it was actually the japanese version it was way better and darker
0: well, that that was many years later, many many years later. I was just telling you on the warm-up of this that the uh, when when they came out with the special editions and they finally released the uh, you know the Japanese version on uh, DVD, and I got my hands on it. Uh, I, I was I'd never seen it before, I, and I thought to myself, I "Was like, well, let's you know, let's see what the differences are." And I wasn't ready for that. I really was not <laughs> even ready for the differences uh, because I had heard the stories behind what inspired this movie, and I thought. You know, watching this this Americanized Raymond Burr, uh, you know, matinee thing, you're like, okay, you know, obviously the Japanese don't take things that seriously, but, but then you know, you see what they really wanted you to see, and you know, you realize this was, uh, you know, this this was a testament to the horrors of atomic energy and atomic weapons, and uh, you know, the, the the lesson of of you know, we 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 mock nature at our own peril, and. You know, this, the fact that they took it right down to the human level, which, of course, you don't see in, in matinee monster movies. Um, and and I'm, I still get chills over the one scene in that where... Uh, where it's in the American version, but they don't put a, a subtitle or anything on it. You, you have no idea what the woman's saying, but she's rocking back and forth, crying, and, and, and repeating something over and over again, and she's, she's rocking her two children. And then the scene cuts away. Well, in the Japanese version you get the subtitles, and she is rocking back and forth crying, saying, don't worry, children, we'll be joining your father soon. And yep. what, they cut, what they cut out was the flames closing in on her <laughs> as she's crying with her children. And I just sat there and went, this is not what I was used to growing <laughs> up watching these things.
1: Daddy, this uh,
0: but you know it's it's powerful cinema, and that was you know a few people. Unless you know you really study Japanese cinema, you know you you never really understood you know just how 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 they really did being taken to an art form. I mean, Kurosawa and 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 such. You know, Japanese films are great, and they're very very deep. And and you know, in this country, we don't get that because you know we keep seeing samurai movies or or you know kaiju movies, and they're not quite. You know, understanding of what we're looking at here, and and then if you go back and look at the history of this stuff, you know, wow, you know, this is a country with thousands of years of of tradition and and, and heritage, and 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 just, you know, it's it's a it's a deep well to draw from, and and uh, you know, if, if you are a film buff, you know, and and you haven't really been delving into a lot of the Japanese cinema, you're you're really cheating yourself. Just wow, it's some good stuff. Anyway, enough of endorsement of that crap. Um,
1: <laughs> no, come on. We could talk kaiju forever and a day. Oh, you know. we
0: could we could. Hey, who's your favorite kaiju?
1: Oh, that's just an unfair question.
0: Yes, it um, is. It is. But, this, but I said it very fast because I, I I figured one flashed in your mind real quick, and I'm just going to say that's probably where you're going to go with this. Because we all have the, our favorites.
1: And, you know, I love, absolutely love and adore Kinky I think that is a, he's just so gorgeous. But the mm-hmm. first kaiju, the first Godzilla movie I ever got to see was Godzilla versus Mothra. So mm. Mothra does have this really great place in my heart. But of all the kaijus, the one that I fell in love with instantly actually is has his own series, which has to be Gamera.
0: Oh, yes. Yes. Center of the Universe. Yeah. Protector of yeah, children.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, the one that defends us, you know, not the one that's trying to destroy Tokyo or the rest of the world. The one that actually defends us, and he's awesome, and I can have a kaiju that's a good guy. I, I appreciate that, and I love him to pieces. Um you know the only thing that t- trumps any of my kaijus would have to be cthulhu so uh-huh. <laughs> well in honor
0: of in honor of an uh, honor of the great turtle join me in a quick rendition of his theme saw. Ready? that 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 da that 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 Oh man, I
1: love that I know I'm that I, I I I just absolutely love it, and then I got so excited one day because I was at uh, Walmart of all places, and they had like the Blu-ray three movie pack, and I'm like, yippee! Mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. This- there's a there's a really good collection out there too that's uh, very affordable. It has like every single movie. It has the the old um, the old series, plus it's got all the new ones uh, that were done in the nineties, uh, and all on Blu-ray. Um, I, I've I've never been able to 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 get my hands on it. Um, it was at uh, it was at Walmart the one night. Uh, I was actually kind of passing through having to get groceries. Didn't have enough money to snag it right then and there. Uh, I went back the next day, and it was gone. Um, I've talked to a couple of people who've snapped it up. Um, you know, it's just going to come down to having to get it off of Amazon, but I didn't really want to feel like I had a resort to do that, but looks like I'm going to have to. I mean, because yeah, it's, it's every camera movie. <laughs>
1: I, I I think the very first Gamera movie I ever saw was the one. Oh, he had to go save the two kids who crash landed on the
0: alien planet. That is Attack of the, uh, the American title Attack of the Monsters. Yep.
1: Yes, um, that one. And For, for we, the longest time, that was the theme song I only knew.
0: When I was a kid and watched that movie, this this is how bad it was. <laughs> I actually took modeling clay and one of my mom's steak knives. Oh, she beat the hell out of me for this. And I actually made the gyron monster with modeling clay and one of her steak knives. <laughs> I formed the body around the handle of the steak knife and made this monster. And, and she she walked into the into the rec room and just saw me walking around with this thing, and this 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 steak knife. Oh, she beat the hell out of me. <laughs>
1: Oh, but I think my yeah. favorite ones is um uh I don't know if I actually ever pronounce it right. It's like Biolante Bio Biolante,
0: yeah, yeah. Biolante yeah. is probably about as close as you're gonna get with that.
1: Ah, uh, probably. You know, and for those that don't know. Um, they did. What happened was there is a Dr. Shiragami who actually took um, a rare supply of Godzilla cells and made a new form of plant life, which was actually very massive and very peaceful. And then, of course, of course, Godzilla returns and these two have an epic battle. Epic battle. And, of course, the plant must actually fight to save her creator and the land she loves. And it's always funny because everybody's like, Godzilla, Godzilla. And I'm like, guys, you do realize, like, Godzilla's the bad guy, right? You, he's not the good guy, which is why when they made a new Godzilla movie and he became the good guy, I'm like, did you guys never see a Godzilla movie? like ever? <laughs> like, seriously, that's the bad guy. Like he's an awesome bad guy, but you really did just give him Gamera's storyline, and that was just wrong.
0: Yeah, it 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 was it was a perversion, and 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 you know I hate to admit it because it, I was just tickled enough to see the movie. It was uh, it's a very entertaining movie. and it, it, it it's it's. Yeah, and this is how bad it is when you're a kaiju fan. Is you'll take whatever you can get. You know, we we are the beggars of the geek world. You know, <laughs> we're like, yeah, yeah, we'll 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 sit through it all. You know, and, and every single one of us, you know, we've sat through multiple viewings of Godzilla '98. We knock it like crazy, but we'll watch it. <laughs>
1: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Um. Oh yeah, there it is in my Godzilla collection. I do love the fact though that they went. Yeah, we're not going to actually call him Godzilla anymore. His name's just Zilla. Exactly.
0: We're be snack. The
1: Japanese,
0: the Japanese treatment of that in God in Final Wars was just, just, just classic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is the digs at the American version threw that were, were, were great. Uh but yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it is pretty sad when uh, you know you take something that was you know designed to be a testament of nuclear horror and and a representative of the western world imposing on japan too i mean there's a lot of darkness that that, that you know that whole movie was was really uh, pointing towards and you know now we turn him into a superhero it it it's just it's it's you know maddening but the new one that's coming out uh, this summer in japan uh, is uh, is definitely going back into that whole idea of you know this this is not a superhero this is not uh, something for the little kids to go, you know, clapping and playing with. No, this is a freaking, you know, multi-story nuclear horror that, that is going to be really responsible for a lot of death, you know, and, and, and the trailer's coming out, uh, you know, the acting, okay, but, man, when they just show the monster, he's pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, and hopefully I get to see more of Godzilla this time around, please. That would be please. really awesome. Um, like... <laughs> Any here, here's a word of advice for you guys out there in Movie Land. Um, if you're gonna make some type of a monster movie, could you do me a favor and not get Gareth Edwards to direct it? Because this mm. is a man who had a movie called Monsters, and there was not a single freaking monster in the damn movie.
0: I, I want those I want those hours back in my life. By the way, if I ever do meet Gareth, that's exactly what I want to say. It's like, okay, dude, I saw Monsters you know, you're 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 giving me years back. You're giving me hours back now. You're 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 going to do that.
1: Uh you owe <laughs> oh. like, me. You owe me my money, my time, and all of the time that I've wasted complaining about this thing. So there's yeah. back and retribution. Give.
0: Yeah. I mean I, I, I you know will you know I, I will give him a little bit of credit, as I said, for making the movie at least entertaining, the, the Godzilla movie entertaining, but but you know, for monsters, no. He's never getting off the. He's never getting off the list. And uh, and and when I say the list is like I've, I've got the 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 Dick Punch on Sight list, and he is on it <laughs> just just for that. <laughs> movie.
1: No, it's just I should have known better. I was so excited for this movie, and I'm just sitting there going, "Come on, all right, there's Godzilla, and let's pants the humans." No, wait, stop, you idiot! Yeah. Idiots. yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh, yeah. no. and and you mean, see- again
0: as I, and again, as I said, how desperate are we as Taiji fans that you know we sat through the rest of that movie? you know we had everybody in the world to all get up and walk out and match from that movie and hunt hunt Gareth Edwards down and just murder him, but yet you know we sat there and we're like, you'll get better <laughs> and that's that's the way we are with these things, you know we, we are so enamored by these movies that you know, we, we just gloss over and, and, you know, I've had, my, my own daughter shakes her head, She's I mean, she was an anime fan, and she just like, watches me watch these kaiju movies, and I'm like, God, are you kidding? Did you hear what they just said in this movie? Are you watching this stuff? Again? And I look at her and go, what do you want me to say? You know, I, I, I have a problem. I can't get off of this.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, no, I, I truly do agree. And even my friends are like, how do you even watch these movies? It's like, dude, who was it? A friend of mine walked in. I can't even remember who it was. And I even mm-hmm. actually watched King Kong versus Godzilla. And mm-hmm. they're just like, dude, that looks like crap. I'm like, who cares? This is awesome. Shut the hell up.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: The first time I'm not watching My Little Pony: Friendship Is Magic when you walk through the door. Get over it, all right? <laughs> but you know, if, I if don't if
0: anybody, know. And if anybody picks on me, it's like, look, I've got The Godfather in my collection. You know, I've got, I've got I've got all the Star Wars movies. I've got you know some really good stuff here. But you know, am I going to get away from this? No. And it, it really kind of goes back to, and I, I have a theory on this. I think you know when you know we we do form. It's not really a theory. It's been kind of proven by a lot of people but but we you know we associate with certain memories uh you know different things whether it's a smell or a a, a, you know a sight or anything and a lot of people I talk to uh that are big kaiju fanatics will immediately go back to a specific event or they have a reason for this you know there's never a Oh, yeah, I just started watching these things. No, 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 no. It'll be, you know, something like, you know, like I said, you know, I, I this this moment with my father, which was a rare and beautiful moment. And, and or, you know, there's other ones who, you know, with their friends, or, you know, when, when you know, they have like a, a break from like some horrible childhood and they got to hang out with a bunch of their buddies on a Saturday afternoon and, you know, watch Godzilla versus the Thing, you know, like this was a, they all sort of had these tie-ins to these great moments. And... You know, I, th- I think that's why, you know, we're, we're so militant about them is, is you, know, this, you know, to attack a kaiju movie to us is like attacking our childhood. You know, you don't do that. Uh, you know, we, we know what we're looking at. We know what we see. We're not stupid. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, but, you know, there's an underlying current that you don't get. You know, there's an underlying, uh, uh, you know, warm fuzzy that's going on there that, you know, you're never going to get close to unless, you, you know, you're experiencing your own. And, yes. and and you know that trying to explain that to somebody who just doesn't get it is just is pointless. And and you sure. know, the, and, and it, it does become a good barometer as far as you know the the quality of the people in your life. When you know you can, you know you can go on talking about these movies and they'll they'll tolerate and they'll love you no matter what for it. You know they're like, yeah, I watch crazy movies all the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the movies is a little wacky. But we love them anyway, and 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 you know, or, or even better yet, the friend that will sit down and watch it with you, and you just see them oh, swarming. Yeah. You know, just like. Uh. <laughs>
1: I mean, unfortunately, I don't have a, I mean, I don't have that nice, warm, fuzzy feeling. Like, I, I didn't get to sit down and watch them with my father. I found them on my own. And I was already a fan of things like stop-motion animation with things mm-hmm. like Clash of the Titans, the original, things like that. And I really appreciated the style um, that the Japanese did with the Godzilla movies. And, yeah, so what? They're dated. Guess what? Guess what? I watch dated movies all the time. The Dark Crystal, the original Clash of the Titans, which, I'm sorry, that is still better than that remake piece of crap that they came out oh, with. it so, is. Brilliant.
0: It is, it is. It is. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to challenge you on this, though. I, I am going to outright challenge you. Um, because in collecting monster movies over the years, and I kind of discovered a few things that I had never noticed before. And, and you know, what we call a kaiju movie, you know, just, just, you know, generally, you think, okay, it's... it's I, there's another term that the Japanese for it, which is like giant beast movie or something like that, giant action movie. Um, but the kaiju film, of course, means giant beast. And, you know, we always associate it with, you know, anything coming out of Japan where a guy in a rubber suit smashing a city. Like, well, you know, hold on. Because by that definition, you can kind of expand it a little bit. And if you look at the formula that the Japanese were doing in these movies, you see it being applied in American films as well that nobody ever talked about. And, you know, one of the things that I noticed uh, right away was uh, the giant bug movies in the 50s. You know, the atomic threat type movies. And I sat and watched uh, the uh, the Deadly Mantis one one night, and I'm sitting there watching this, going, "Oh my God, this is a kaiju movie." The only yeah, difference no one, is
1: you, you could call could it an American kaiju movie.
0: Yeah, yeah. The only difference is they swapped American actors for Japanese actors. I mean, had they been had those been Japanese actors, same exact script, same exact dialogue, everything exactly the same, we would have written that off with with uh, you know, King Kong versus Godzilla or uh, uh, Godzilla vs. the Sea Monster, or the Smog Monster, or any of those. But, you know, it, it kind of gets lumped into that whole 50s conspiracy, you know, McCarthyism kind of stuff. And, like, well, no, dude, that's a, that's, that's a giant monster movie. And, and then you start looking around going, well, there were a couple of them like that. You know, there was Tarantula, there was Them.
1: Um, them. Them yeah. would be the fake bird thing. And, dude, that and, was pretty and, and, creepy.
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, the one that actually inspired Godzilla. You know, Godzilla was inspired by a number of different things. You know, some right out of the headlines, the the Japanese fishing boat that got caught in the the fallout cloud, uh, the actual bombing of Hiroshima, um, you know, the American occupation, all those sort of things. But underneath it all, the spark that lit that was a Ray Bradbury story. Uh, I believe it was called The Century. Um, Yeah. And it was written in the late 40s. And it was just inspired by this idea that Bradbury had, we saw a lighthouse and went, you know, he just imagined a dinosaur attacking this lighthouse. And he wrote the story about uh, a lighthouse keeper being attacked by a dinosaur. Uh, it was published in a few magazines and then completely ripped off by a film producer who mistakenly hired one of Ray Bradbury's friends, a Mr. Ray Harryhausen, to do the special effects for it. And we know that movie now as The Beast from 20,000 Fathoms. And, mm-hmm. uh, if you watch it at, you know, at the end of the movie, you know, there's a credit to Ray Bradbury on that, and that was on the insistence of, of Ray Harry Harryhausen. He, he pretty much told the guy who had hired him uh, that uh, you know, if he didn't put Bradbury's name on it, not only was he going to walk off the project, but he'd expose the guy for what he did. So Bradbury's name got put on it, and Bradbury was at this time in you know, the early 50s. You know, it's not like it is today. But you know Bradbury's opinion on it was, was that's cool, I mean, he was good with it. You know, just having his name on the credit, even though the guy ripped his entire story off. Well, you know, it's so funny how things affect other things. And you know, this movie was a was a hit in this country, and of course the Japanese, with their love of imitation, um, you know, like to take things and run with it and put their own slant on it. And the uh, the, the you know uh, um, what was the name? In um, Shiro Honda. Uh, who was a big fan of the King Kong movies followed the career of Willis O'Brien and Ray Herringhausen and oh, yeah. sees this movie. You know, he's always been wanting to do his own version of King Kong. He's always been, been dreaming of doing something like that. And then all of a sudden, here comes this this movie in the '50s about a, a giant reptile attacking a city, and it all comes together. You know, he starts realizing it's like he's got these elements of a story. You know, some true, some you know, speculative, whatever, and and he ties it in. and he, and, and and you know, the catalyst of it all is, is this giant dinosaur, you know, that awakens and 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 then just goes on a rampage. Uh so that was was what ended up becoming Godzilla, and it's mm-hmm. so funny that you know that people don't really realize there's that connection between you know the Harryhausen film and and the and, and and Godzilla King of the Monsters, Uh and and when uh, you know they, they they embrace both at the same time, they're like, oh, I love Godzilla movies and I love Ray It's Like you realize how connected they are.
1: <laughs> how how can you like anything that has stop motion animation and not like Harryhausen? How, how how yeah? He's well, the man yeah. Who, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have special effects today.
0: Yeah. He uh well know, yeah, he he yeah you can go back further with Willis O'Brien. Um, know, and that's really kind of where it came from. Was, you know Ray Harryhausen was, was he was a student of O'Brien's, and uh, he he really uh, um, you know loved the idea of being able to animate these crazy stories. And you know if you if if you read about the story of Ray Harryhausen, you know, it's it's interesting how there's you know, a lot of us that can sit there and go, oh my God, I, that's my story. It, and it is. You know he was he was a creative young guy, sort of an outcast. Uh, he, he enjoyed sitting down reading comic books or science fiction stories doodled an awful lot, draws, drew his own monsters. And, you know, what, what really just made me embrace Harryhausen and the whole thing was, was when I realized that, you know, he did the same thing I did, which was as a kid he's going, you yeah, know, I, I love these movies, but I don't want them to end. I want them to keep going, so I'm going to make my own. And he would script out his own things, and he would draw his own things. And, and you know, he created all these monsters that eventually ended up becoming, you know, movies, and, and, and now, you know, he's, he's, he's a legend.
1: Right, yes, and of course, and no, and, and this goes even further. Now, I mean, yeah. So we have a new Godzilla movie, but go to two thousand eight Cloverfield or two thousand thirteen Pacific Rim. You constantly mm-hmm. see things being re-updated, and in all honesty, they're kaiju movies too. They're big, giant, freaking monster movies.
0: Exactly, exactly, and and you know Cloverfield for for as much as uh, you know I like to criticize that movie, you know, it, it, you're right. It, it's it's a kaiju movie. And, and it's it's still you know the big bugaboo attacking a city, and that's that's a formula that that you know you really can't go wrong on. Though a lot of people do, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and and a lot of it's because they overthink it. You know they 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 they're like, hey, let's make this let's let's throw a gimmick into this. It's like you don't need a gimmick. It's a giant monster attacking a city. You don't need a freaking gimmick. You know, yep. and, and, uh, Harry Hodgson did it in '53. Um, in Shiro, or 51. In uh, Shiro Honda did it in uh, in, in in 55. Uh, you know how hard is this, guys? <laughs> yet,
1: yeah, it, it, yeah, you don't need to catch. And my biggest thing is is make the monster in a monster movie the star. I I want to see the monster, and I want to see it destroyed. Even though, yeah, I can make fun of Cloverfield, but at the same point in time, the first time I watched it, just thinking if I was in that situation, that's kind of nerve wracking. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd be dead. Yeah, I mean, and,
0: and it's you know, it was clever in that it puts you in that position. You know, you're watching this, going, what if you were one of the people on the street? Okay, great. That's 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 great. But you know, they 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 didn't really have the technical chops to pull it off to make it entertaining. And, you know, what you got was, you know, 90 minutes of shaky cam. A lot of it with camera being pointed at the sidewalk as they're running along screaming. And, and you know, they didn't make the characters that likable. So it was tough to kind of go through that and say, you know, you know let, let's... This but you did content, have to like
1: the sub scene. scene. You, you had, had to, scene. to like the... The what? The subway scene when they're in the subway. Oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. But it's been done how many heck. times? It's oh, like, like, oh, that's like the whole thing's creepy part. Ew. nope.
0: Do you, <laughs> you, do, you, do you remember another time you saw that exact same scene?
1: Oh, um... One, I've seen, seen them it a Huh? Yeah, one
0: comes to mind right away. Aliens. Oh, yeah. You know, that scene where he pops up into the rafters, which I think creeps me out more than the subway scene... Because how many times you've been in a place that has dropped ceilings and you look up and go, anything could be up there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which let's let's face it, Aliens is probably one of the best movies ever. I can watch that movie over and over and over again.
0: It is. It's uh it it was definitely uh you know, the the the, the high point of that whole series. I mean, I I love the first movie. Um and I, you know, just, just everything about the first movie I really, really like. but it's slow and it, you know, it, it does an awful lot of establishing that, uh, you know, is, is, you know, it's exciting, but it's not as entertaining. And, you know, when Cameron grabbed the reins and went, you know, let's blow this mother out, you know, <laughs> was, suddenly you know, we, we, we got us a movie on our hands and, and that was that, you know, that really just awakened the entire story for me. And, and, and you know, I I just I look kind of like the third one a little bit too. But yeah, yeah, you you can't get past that second one. It's uh, yeah, Cameron did it did it right, and and you know everything that we pretty much know about Alien really does come out of that movie. Now doesn't it?
1: I'll be honest. I saw Aliens before I ever saw Alien, so I kind of watched that backwards. <laughs> Ooh, that
0: that would be fascinating. That'd be really cool. Oh. No,
1: it was to go back because as a kid, because you have to remember, I was born in 79, so as a kid seeing Aliens first, I didn't even get, like, the first begin. like, I honestly don't remember until I became an adult seeing the beginning of the movie, I only remember them landing on the planet and then the aliens coming, that's all I ever remembered of the movie, and then once I got older and I saw the first Alien, which I think it worked out better, because as a kid, I could appreciate Aliens because of the humor and it had a child in it, and I was mm-hmm. still too young to really appreciate the whole gravity that Alien of being isolated in this little area with by yourself yeah. having to make shift your weapon. That's a whole different ballgame, and that's something you don't really get as a kid. You have to be a yeah. little bit older to get. So I think it worked out better for me. But did oh, yeah, you that... hear? Start doing an Alien Five? Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm...
0: And with any of the any of the aliens movies after the third one, I'm I'm, I'm just reserved. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to sit back and see what to do with this. Um, because as I said, you know, Alien Three wasn't as great as i had hoped it would be, but it was still pretty damn good. And David Fincher, you know, his style kind of meshed in really nice. Um, Alien Four, even with Joss Whedon's help, it was still kind of a more of a satire of Alien. And Prometheus. Oh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, there was a movie that, bless its heart, it tried.
1: <laughs> Here, here's oh. my problem with Prometheus. When Prometheus came out, you know, Ridley Scott was like, hey, you know, we're going to, this is a prequel to Alien and the whole nine yards. So you were really looking for a prequel. And even though you did get to see certain aspects, you realize that it's like a parter of a prequel and we still need the rest of the prequel. Yeah. Yeah, it, which it's, not yeah. coming out what another year? Yeah, and it's it's
0: just you know I I kind of uh, I kind of resent him for doing that. You know I I want to say it's like okay great you're the great master this was you know your your baby when you launched this thing fantastic you were the visionary, but you know it's to the point now where he's just presuming that that uh, you know everyone's just going to get this and everyone's going to enjoy it and like no no you know you're you're giving us too little way too late and and you got to remember we want to be entertained you know we don't want to sit there and go oh I get it now there's clues here and we need to figure out what the big you know big bald muscle men are doing no I don't care about that I, you know I uh, why was aliens so great was just as you said you know it doesn't matter what the hell that thing was you're stuck on a spaceship with that that's a story <laughs> you know Uh, You got to go rescue a bunch of colonists, and you've got a whole freaking squad of marines who are cocky as hell, and they realize they're
1: outgunned? That's a story. Oh, yeah. Uh, Especially that first scene. Who's Snow White? Supposedly she saw an alien once. Ooh. (laughs) Oh, shit. Maybe we should have listened to her uh, thing. Crap. (laughs) Yeah, and
0: you know, a lot of the entertainment out of that second movie is just this whole you know, taking military culture and then, you know, saying, gee, what's it going to be like when, you know, they go out into space? You know, we've got right. astronauts who, you know, yeah, they're military guys, but, you know, they're, they're you know, they're trained to behave, you know. They're not actually so- soldiers. What happens when we do, you know, take the leash off the Marines and, you know, say go out into the stars and do what the hell, you know, do our will? You know, what what's that going to be like? And it doesn't oh, matter yeah. what they're fighting, you know, it doesn't matter what they're fighting. There's going to be a story there. And and Cameron and Cameron's a genius when it comes to that stuff. You know, he he did it in Avatar too. I mean he you know, he really does have a love for the military to the point where you know, he makes you feel gung ho with this stuff, you know, and, and, and this idea of you're with this you know, you're embedded with this squad of Marines with state of the art weaponry and you're going to go save some colonists from a threat that you know is horrible, but they have no clue, and they're just cocky, like, yeah, we, we can take on anything, and you're like, yeah, I dude. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, but, guys, if you guys want an idea of what, how to do a prequel right, go watch The Thing, not the original. Exactly. But what everybody thought was going to be a remake and ended up being a prequel and see how well that's done to the fact that they got everything, including the blood dripping from the dude's wrist, spot on from the original movie to end the sequence. You can watch the the, new, the thing and you can pop in the original right after it and it just feels continuous. And that's yeah. how you pick a prequel.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's uh, it. It, it, was, it was. I was surprised how seamless it was. So, I mean, I had a few issues with it. I still have a have a major problem with this whole, you know, the spaceship thing when she went down into the spaceship and the things you know chasing her through there. And I'm thinking to myself, it was like, you, you know, they they've never really addressed whether that is the pilot or whether it was something being carried on the ship that got out of control, because it strikes me that that it's and, and this you know it's more of a testament to the original story that you know it's not really an intelligent life form as it is something that's just trying to survive, and right. that's what makes it so dangerous. Um, you know now now in the in the fifties version which I I love equally, um, even though I I just you know I have to kind of mentally separate the two, uh, you know they looked at it in a different point of view. You know he was an he was. The pilot of the ship, you know, he was this this alien warrior, and you know he, he's revived, and you know he does what, and you know what you would expect him to do, which he goes on a rampage, tries to survive, and you know, my God, if he gets loose, he might bring the rest of them down. Um, and and you know, it was a great little Cold War story. Uh, it was uh, it was scary in its own right. But oh yeah, yeah. but yet it's not the same thing at all. And and uh, when you know when, when Carpenter. Unleashed that thing in 82 oh my god you know a lot of people were not prepared for this and 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 if you hadn't read the original story which which i hadn't i was aware of it but i had not read it you know it, it this the whole point of the story was to take paranoia to to an ultimate plateau and and uh you know it was again one of those things that inspired alien it was one of those things that inspired a lot of these movies um but you know, just the idea of a life form that all it has to do is get one cell on you, and it, in you're its, and you belong to it. That's oh, yeah. terrifying. And, and and you know that was that was great how they ran with that. And uh, even the you know even in the uh, the prequel, uh, I loved how they just you know updated it and didn't go nuts with the CG. You know, the, the CG was just there because that's what you do now. But they didn't right. go nuts with it. It still looked like the Carpenter version, except, you know, they looked like they obviously had an easier time doing it than they did in 82.
1: Yeah, but still, it was brilliantly done. And, again, it's just it gave you that dread of who is it, who could it be, and the panic that you felt the same panic everybody else did in the movie of going, um, crap, um, uh, <laughs> Are you yeah. good? Are you good? Are you good? Are you good? Are you sure you're good? Are you really good? Are you good? Uh, I mean, that, seriously, that would be like, everybody would be standing in a circle going, are you it? How about you? Are you it? Because I ain't it. I know I ain't it. Are you it? That would be it. I mean, like, you know you're entire not it. You could
0: be lying. You could be it and lying. Yeah, I mean, it was just, it's it really. <laughs>
1: that would be my whole movie is a bunch of people in a circle yelling, are you it? Because I ain't it. I'm going to shoot you back up, man. That would be my entire movie. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, as I say, that's the whole point of it. That was the whole point of the story was was you know, it's to take paranoia to that to that level where, you know, it's just maddening. There, there's no break in it. You can't get away from it. It's like you know, who do you trust? Yeah, you, you can only trust yourself, and and you can't even do that because everybody's convinced you're the monster. You know. I know. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was really – it was. It was very well done. And, and, and yeah, I, I think it got kind of a raw deal. Um, but, you know, I'm sorry. A lot of American audiences aren't really ready for, uh, you know, any kind of monster movie that makes them think. <laughs> yeah, they, they don't want that crap. They, they You know, they, they, they're they pretty happy with, with just, you know, visceral entertainment and that's about it. And, you know, hence why, you know, I, I am – going to watch my copy of Deadpool tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you know what? You can make those types of movies where, you know what? You don't really need that great of a plot and a movie can still be entertaining. Hence um, <laughs> the movies that have been made. And we're not talking about, you know, bat- Battleship or anything like that because that is definitely not one of those movies. But, no, you know, know. Um, Pacific Rim. Yeah. That really had no storyline whatsoever. But it's very entertaining to watch.
0: In very much, you know, I, I said it was a live-action anime. A lot of other people have seen it have said the same thing. And that's, that's sort of the, the feel of that movie. And, and you know, and you read the interviews with, uh, with Del Toro when he was making that movie. And again, it's one of those love letters to his childhood where he grew up watching these monster movies. And he got a hold of this, uh, he got a hold of the comic and, and just said, oh, this is it. This is my vehicle. And, you know, went re- went nuts with it. Yeah, and it was exactly what you expected. It was exactly what you had hoped it would be. And, you know, even though it may not have knocked anybody out of the box office, there are so many people I know who have copies of that Blu-ray, and they will never give it up, man. <laughs> like, that is one of my go-to films.
1: Man, if I need someone I don't want to pay attention and I just want to have stupid fun, that is definitely a movie right there.
0: Yeah. You know, and it is ironic, though, that, uh, you know, how's this for a segue? And it is ironic, though, right now that uh, in, in media, uh, you know, the movies really are kind of going to that, that common denominator, but the stuff that's coming out that is really provocative is in the comics. You know, you, you know some of the stuff that's coming out that I'm seeing on the shelves of comic book stores nowadays is mind blowing. You know, concepts that, that, you know, would make Hitchcock. Turn around and go! Oh my God! You know?
1: <laughs> oh, very um, much so. And I'm a and I'm a huge fan of comics. Um, heck, I met you at a uh, comic at a comic book convention.
0: Exactly, and, and and you know, even though I don't read an awful lot of comics, I mean, I, I, mean, I, I try to keep my work mostly pop culture. Um, but of course, you know, you do have to go into that, and I and there's a large chunk of my life where I, I was very addicted to comics. You know, through the '70s and '80s. Yeah, you know, I read them all the time and uh you know I was a big fan of Spider-Man the Hulk Iron Man uh the X-Men um and and uh in DC uh you know I, I was oh my god I love Weird War I loved that comic and uh as far as the DC characters go you know I still I you know I I really like to see a good treatment of Aquaman because I always thought that those were potential stories there that never really got you know what they were do. Um and and you know some of the villains in, in in the Aquaman story were were really cool. Like Black Manta is still, I think, one of my favorite villains. And it's 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 never really treated seriously. Everybody seems to fall under the whole either the Batman or the Superman thing. And, and and you know, I think there's a lot of characters there that really do need to get looked at. But then again, you can't knock Batman. I mean, you know, here here's a here's a pop culture phenomenon. You know, if if there is anything right now that we have in our culture that you could say is like Greek mythology, it's the Batman stories. You know, we all oh, know God, them. Yes. We all know them. We all know these characters. You know, you can go out and talk about, uh, you know, stuff that's going on in Civil War. People will go, they will glass over and they're like, oh, okay, who is that? You know, Witch, whatever, Vision, whatever. Uh, but anybody on the street, you can go up to them and say, you know, who's the Joker? And they'll tell you. Who's the Penguin? They'll tell you. You know, they, they, we're, we're all extremely familiar with, the, with those storylines. And they're so rich. Uh, you know, I, I wonder if, if Bob Kane and, and that crew back then really knew what they were letting loose. Because it, it it's, it's su- taken on such a life of its own right now. And anybody can just jump right into it. I mean, it's become its own universe where anybody really, if they wanted to, could just like jump in and write their own little Batman story and feel like they're part of that because it fits you know Gotham is an incredible place oh yeah and, yeah and, and you know I don't think any comic has really ever come close to you know creating a reality like that um, and uh, you know as far as the DC books go like I said I, I, I like more geeky monster stuff but you know as I got older in college you had to go back and look at this and go wow you know the bat's where it's at you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: this is some serious good stuff <laughs>
1: Well, all of it could translate that into their movies.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's the problem. You know, it, it, once Hollywood gets their hands on it, you know, they're trying to find a way to appeal to everybody and they don't realize that it already does. And it's like like how they, you know, pretty much screwed Godzilla up in two movies where it's not that hard of a concept, guys. It's not hard at all. But yet they want to overthink it. Well, we need to push human drama in it. No, you don't. <laughs> you know, <laughs> There's enough human drama. There's millions of people running for their freaking lives as this thing is mashing a city. Come on, isn't that drama enough? <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Batman stories, I, yeah, again, they really don't know what to do with it. They, they they look at this and go, do we go kitschy with it? Do we go dark with it? Um, and, and, you know, they end up sort of repeating themselves or trying to reinvent things they shouldn't be reinventing. And, 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 you know, not realizing it's, you know, this, this is not a hard concept, guys. It's 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 Batman, and he's got a bunch of crazy villains, and this this big, corrupt city, and, and that's pretty much it. And and if you just let it roll, you know, you've got yourself some good entertainment. You know, a TV show Gotham is a good example of this. You know, I, 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 my, my opinion right now, it's like one of the best treatments of the whole Batman mythos that I've seen, in that, uh, you know, you can just, like, sit back and go, I feel like I'm part of this, you know? <laughs> you know? Oh, very you know, it's much. Not, so. It's not somebody reinventing it. It's this is it. You know, it's like you, 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 they're not stepping in, going, "Okay, this is our version of Poison Ivy. This is our version of Mister Freeze." You know, no, it's like, what would what would it be like if you were right there in it? You know, we've got all the elements. Let's just show them to you.
1: <laughs> no, I totally agree. And luckily, though, we at least have those animated movies where they get it right.
0: Oh, my God, don't they have and what is with the and that, man? They can't freaking make a budget movie, but, you know, they can, they can crank out an animated film that will just make you weep with joy. I never understood that.
1: Because uh, you get animation and Bruce Tim and go, go, and Bruce Tim pops out these freaking gorgeous things because he's a master of it, and I just don't understand why they don't go, you know, he does really good with our animated stuff. Why don't we just let him like the live-action stuff?
0: Yeah. Well, somebody said something very, uh, very profound not that long ago to me, when uh, they were talking about uh, Wonder Woman appearing in the uh, in in this, in this latest movie in, in the Wonder Woman movie that's coming out, and uh, somebody said uh, to the effect of, "Man, I can't wait till this you know, till we finally get our Wonder Woman movie," and then somebody next to them responded, "Dude, it's been out for years," <laughs> and they were and they were referring to that animated movie. And oh my God.
1: That you is such a, a movie. movie. I'm sorry. Animated or not, you want a Wonder Woman movie, go pick up the animated version of Wonder Woman. Just the scene there where Steve Trevor's sitting in the chair, and he's like, man, your daughter has such a great rack. And then he looks down <laughs> at the lasso, and he's like, crap. It is the funniest thing ever. <laughs>
0: Oh, oh no! Not the funniest thing ever. I thought the funniest thing ever was later on when they're just they're flying in the invisible plane
1: and they're just oh, chatting. On
0: and the then back, he starts conf- he starts confessing his freaking childhood. You know, the, the conversation starts getting really deep, and he starts talking about his childhood. and It's getting deep and mushy, and all of a sudden he looks down and he realizes his legs tangled in the damn lasso. He's like, I hate
1: that thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you just he gotta love Diana's face in this whole thing. She's like. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh my god! That, that, that's great too. I do. but it's just that fact of your daughter has a great rack, and I'm like, yeah, these are not made for kids. <laughs> Absolutely not.
0: Well, how about that awesome scene where she? Uh, there, there, was, there was the awesome scene where uh, you know she shows up in the park, and uh, she uh, is, is giving the kid a lesson on how to uh, eviscerate somebody. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, that's great, too. It's just, it's so brilliantly well done, and it's exactly what a Wonder Woman movie should be. And it kept still, it, it didn't take away from what we know of Wonder Woman, even from when she first showed up in the comics. It didn't take anything away from her, and no. it didn't shove the womanism down your throat, and it made it very up-to-date and modern for today's day and age. And yeah. that's what these movies need to be able to do. They take what our characters are, and then they strip them, and then they try to rebrand them, and it just doesn't work like that.
0: No, no, no. I mean, as I said, you know, with the Godzilla movies. Why overthink it? Why redo this? You shouldn't. Uh, you know, it's 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 kind of a no brainer. You know, you've got a situation. Run with it. That's it. But yet, you, uh, you know, everybody. Was,
1: a- a just, just tweak it a little bit to make it just a little mm-hmm. bit modern, and you're good. You there's yeah. no need to rewrite anything. Godzilla awaits. Godzilla stomps on thing. Come up, come up with monster to attack Godzilla and decide. Do you want the bad guy to win or the good guy to win? be in
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, you know, and,
0: and the argument is always for artistic integrity. You know, and, and I'll just throw this argument out. Every time I hear this, I say, well, you know, that's fine and dandy, but you know, if I did a copy or if I, you know, sat down and started drawing the Mona Lisa and even, you know, maybe put a mustache on her or something stupid, does that make me an artist? No, no. It makes me somebody that can practice a bit of a skill. It makes me somebody with a sense of humor. But that's not really art. You know, you want to, you want to be considered an artist? Freaking do your own thing. You know, okay, it's great if you get to sit down and, and work on a project like Wonder Woman or... or a Godzilla movie fantastic but go in there do what you need to do to hone your craft it's like exercise and and you know if you really want to be an artist do your own damn movie do your own damn story create your own yeah. characters and and run with it that way um, and you know that's that's <laughs> oh, are we getting close to this argument about fan art that's going around? <laughs> well,
1: no, because, okay, let's take, let, let's look at this. Okay, you are an illustrator. And, yeah. as mu- and as much as you do your own thing, too, obviously you have done things like at the drink and draw at Gem City. You know, here you have Godzilla. Let's throw in a little bit of Cthulhu. It got right. me out of my hotel room and got me to the drink and draw. That's for damn sure. <laughs>
0: Look, look, you know, we, we talked about this in art school all the time. There's a line that's actually there that not many people are aware of, and it's a line between art and illustration. Um, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Do you want to be an artist or do you want to be an illustrator? If you want to be an artist, that's, that's a really hard road. <laughs> and, and the chances are you're probably never going to get anywhere because the reward for being an artist is not payment, It's awareness. You know, it's 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 a it's a very selfish thing. You know, if you if you're doing art in its purest sense, you, you're you're doing this as a it's a very oh god what am I looking the word I'm looking for here? It, you know, it's it's a very zen thing. You know, where where you know you're trying to become you know communicating with your environment around you and expressing yourself through that. You know, it's a very personal thing. It's a very cosmic thing. Yet, if you you know see images that kind of entertain you and you want to recreate them uh, or you know stylize them in in, in some sort of way, really that's illustration, and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with that. You know, it's it's not any less uh, it's it's not any less important than art. It's you know, and then pure art, but. It gives you those skills that can make you know being able to interpret art in an easier way. You know, it's, 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 you know if you're going to be an athlete, you still got to do push-ups. If right. you're going to be, you know, if, if, if you're going to be a singer, you still got to do your scales. And you know, a real artist will understand the difference between an illustrator and an artist. But a real artist will look at that and go, "But I could be both." Right. And 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 that's when you see it taken to that level, you're like, wow. And that's, you know, what the old masters were, you know, that's, that's what they were doing. You know, they, they took things that they saw and they saw, they took pop culture. They took, which at that time, of course was like, you know, religion and history and literature, but they took it to another level. You know, they, they, they they put themselves into it or they put their own angle on it and they took it to a higher level of just, okay, this is a girl sitting on a chair. You know, no, no, this is now a statement, you know. And right. those, are the, those are the good guys. Those are the ones that, you know, the, they're their upper pantheon. And this is what we really do need to aim for. Uh, you know, whether you're creating your own comic book or you know, drawing fan art, uh, you know, you always have to keep those sites up and you always have to keep that option open. You know, if, if, you, if, if you get to the point where you're like, okay, I'm good now, I can stop, you never start it. You really never ever started. and and you're cheating yourself and you're cheating your audience, and and that's that's a sad sad thing. Now, I, I hinted at this before. So you've seen this in the conventions. There's been a big big heated debate going on uh, about fan art and, and uh, creator-owned properties, and I've been I've been sort of in the DMZ of this <laughs> since the beginning. Um because you know I love pop culture I I you know I grew up with it I was surrounded by it I'm a, you know I'm I'm a I'm a baby boomer you know I came out of the 60s so you know pop culture to me is very very important to me it tells a story and when I learned that I could be an illustrator I wanted to you know carry on those stories um now The difference between me and you know some of the you know stuff that you see at the conventions is I do try to put my own little twist in a little bit. I do try to bring my own humor into it. Um, But I do respect the guys though that are simply representing. You know, it's just like okay, here's a picture of Wonder Woman. Here's a picture of Spider Man. You know, those to me, I think are are as important because it's showing a technical skill there that not everybody has, that not everybody will pursue that not everybody will want to maintain. And, you know, okay, so what? They become print factories, and they're sitting there cranking out this stuff. But many of these guys have created those prints themselves. And they've had to, you know, they've had to draw them. They've had to ink them. They've had to color them. You know, they've had to color separate them. They had to get them printed. You know, they had to use a whole set of skills there that not everybody has.
1: Right, because and you, know, you can tell who these people are because not only do they have the prints, but they're like, well, if you really like that, here's the original. Yeah. They yeah. have an original. <laughs> you know, it isn't like they went, oh, that's a free picture off of Google. Here, let me print this. That I have a problem with.
0: Oh, that you should have a problem with. Upstairs. That is an alarming <laughs> thing. And why those people are ever allowed to show up at a convention is beyond me. Um, that, that's just the theft. Uh,
1: You know, I don't tolerate that. I've seen it at conventions, and it really ticks me off. I will see the print at someone's table, and they will have it dirt cheap. And then you actually go to the actual, and then you'll go like four or five aisles over. And there's the person who actually did the artwork. They have the original and everything. And here's some guy just half-cutting and cutting into this other guy's profit. I don't care if it's fan art or not. But if you steal from somebody else, then I then I have something to say about it. If you are not actually creating it, whether mm-hmm. it's the Spider Man or if it's the Super Wolf Man, um, you know, with his orange outfit. Sorry, I had to bring that one back up. The <laughs> 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 um, infamous orange man, yes. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, yes. Super Wolfman is yours. You created him. He's your creation. Spider-Man is not the person's creation, but they did take the time to decide how they wanted to design this Spider-Man, what they thought would look cool. They they went, they took the time, they made an original, then they had it color. They had to, the, you know, they had to the pencil it, ink it, color it, and put it out there. You know, yeah. I don't really have that big of a problem. Plus, I, you know, and I understand. I do see everybody's point of view from this, from being someone who goes to an awful lot of conventions and actually run, helps runs helps run a few. You know, mm-hmm. I can understand some people think of, oh fan art this, fan art that. And I get it. This is a real heated debate. But you yeah. also have to look at it from their point of view. Independent works don't sell all that great sometimes. Right. Depends on mm-hmm. what convention you're at. Sometimes Did you know what need is, some yeah, to bring money in. Yeah, sorry, you just need to bring the person in because I've seen it many times too. They use it as, a, as, a, as an eye catcher. Eye candy is what we like to call it to mm-hmm. bring them in. They're not just trying to sell that print that they have of this character. Then you see them going, oh, well, here, let me tell you about my comic. Let me show you some of my prints off of this. And they are trying to sell the original stuff along with it. And a lot of times, the person will get the print and the original stuff as well of their own creative stuff. Mm-hmm,
0: hmm And, you know, I'm, and and this this rift is kind of confusing me because for years, and I've been doing conventions since uh, for, about, you know, for about 11 years now, and... Uh, when I first started off, uh, you know, my my interpretation of this was, if you went out and needed fan art, it was more of an audition. Uh, everybody else, everybody who was selling prints of Spider Man, Batman, whatever, uh, you know, all secretly had their own book. You know, whether they were working on it or going to work on it, whatever, they all had their own characters. You know, whether they they had appeared or were going to appear, it was it was irrelevant. But at the same time we were talking to the people who did have their own books, the independent creators. And we realized that, you know, this was an audition thing, you know, where you could bring a guy over. He had his book uh, that he was pushing that had, uh, I don't know, some crazy character, you know, in the future, fighting some dystopian government, whatever. And you read it and you're going, that's really cool. Can I draw that? And they would be all excited, like, yeah, you know, can I get a cover? Can I get a pinup off of you? And, you know, you were more than happy to do it because it was publicity for you. You know, right. or if you know, or if you were a heartless bastard, you would charge him on top of it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, you know, that was the point. You know, we all kind of meshed together, in that you know, we, we it was a symbiotic relationship. You know, the, the guys who created the books would go around and look at the fan art guys, and say. You know, the, the, wow! Look at the way he did this character. Look at the way he did that. I like that guy's style. I like that guy's style. I can see this working for me. Whether he could do sequentials for me, or whether he could do covers for me, and and you know, I am going to simply say she could also. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to tell you, man, that is that's been something that I'm really happy to see too. Is 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 finally the recognition of of, of uh, some, some amazingly talented women artists who are getting fame for not being women but being artists. And and you know, I, I love that when, when people are like, Oh my god, I love this work and it doesn't even face them, it's like whatever the gender is on the person on the other side of that table. You know, nobody's like, Wow, for a girl you draw pretty good. It's like no. <laughs> the playing field is now leveling out.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. And and that the funny thing is, is I never saw that When I used to go to shows just as a fan, I never Uh saw that. Like, there was none of that growing up oh, well, you're a girl or this or that, because that's not the way how my family raised us. My family yeah. was, there was no boy, girl, anything. A game was a game. A toy was a toy. You didn't separate because of a gender. If you oh. wanted to do it, you went and you did it. And it wasn't until I started actually getting into this business of podcasting and running conventions and going and helping people with tables that I started hearing the, word, oh, you're, the words, oh, you're a girl. Wait, what the hell? Does
0: that have to do with anything? Oh, yeah, well good for you observing.
1: <laughs> you know Wow, yeah. And, and and you know, it's like a lot of things.
0: So I, I remember uh oh, I, I actually got I bristled at this when when mm. uh, it was there was a statement on Facebook and I'm not gonna say who it is because I I I've got a number of friends uh that are artists that you know, different genders, different different creeds, whatever. And somebody had made a comment about this artist and they were trying to compliment them. And they said, you know, he, he is one of the best black artists that we've had in a long time.
1: Oh my and I God. Imme-
0: and I immediately jumped in underneath him without trying to, you know, antagonize anybody. I said, you know, he's just actually one of the best artists of all time. And he, it, because it, it, it hit me that I'd never really recognized that until then that you know, why did you have to put that word "black" in front of it? I mean, right. is, is is that a different category? No, you know, they, they, a black man draws just as, as, as this, uses the same technique as a white man when he draws, as an Asian man when he draws, as a Hispanic man when he draws. So or why? just that, <laughs> or or a girl,
1: <laughs> right? I don't and understand the whole race and gender thing. It's completely mind-boggling to me. When those lines, when those lines
0: are on paper, when those lines are on paper, they are colorblind. Now, when the stories come out, yeah, you're going to see a little bias here and there. And to be honest, I am infatuated with that. I like to see someone's perspective other than my own. When I see a, a, an independent creator come out and write a story. About superheroes fighting evil in a city, and it's written and drawn by somebody who was not a white suburban kid, the perspective is striking and it's oh, yeah. interest and, and it's it's interesting to see that and it's and you're going you know it 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 really should bring people together more because we realize it's like yeah, there's different facets and different angles, but at the same time it's like we're all making art. and it it's it's so funny that uh you know, the people who are really immersed in it, it, you know, are like me. They get shocked by that when you say, oh, he's a great black artist. What the fuck does that mean? Pardon my language. <laughs> by the way, oh, no, I, never okay. ask, I never did ask you the language restrictions on this show.
1: It, the, 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 the raining is PG-13 with the oops, did I just say that? My bad. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Oops, did I say
0: that? My bad. What the fudge? Um, but, uh, but yeah, it, it just, it it drives me crazy when when I hear that anymore, um, and I mean, granted, I did get surprised sometimes when you know you, you grow up seeing an artist and then and you, know, you see them at a convention, you're like, oh wow, he's black, and I think that's more just because you know you get because of stereotypes growing up with it, you know, you start you know ingraining different images of what people are supposed to look like in your head, but when you see them, you know, you're like, oh okay, but you know what, it 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 still does not have any effect whatsoever of, of you know, if you really are a fan of this person. You know, you really, that should make a, a difference at all. So when you go talking about them, you're know, like, well, why can't they just be the best artist? And, and, I mean, and, yeah, and it just drives me nuts that, uh, you know, for a medium that it really stands up and, and, and feels so self important about being understanding and open minded and, and such and all kumbaya, there's a ton. Of, of, of misogyny and racism that's going on, and I I oh, just, yeah. I, I get fed up with it. Uh, no, I
1: I, tr- I truly do understand. I find it hilarious because again, when I was reading comics, I never paid attention to who wrote it, who drew it, or any, I didn't pay attention to your. I didn't pay attention to who was creating it as a kid. I was just like, I really like the story and the art's really pretty. Yeah, well,
0: I mean, but I. It- I, I I started having to study them. I was like, okay, who are these guys? You know, I love this work. I would see the work over and over and over again. And I'm like, I really need to know more about this. I need to to learn how they're doing this. And, you know, so many of them over the years have become friends of mine, and I've learned so much of them, off of them. And, you know, to to the point, and and, and if anybody would say, go back and say, okay, well, you know, what's the ethnic origin of of these people? I wouldn't be able to tell you. Uh, You know, I just go back and go, I don't remember, man. I don't. I, you know, it's not what we talked about. <laughs> you, know, it, it, you know, I just, I I, you know, I didn't want to like make the conversation awkward, dude. I just wanted to talk about art, you know.
1: <laughs> no, I, no. Honestly, though, it's still, you know, it is something that a lot of people don't realize that it is going on, and yeah. it really shouldn't be. And to me, it's just funny because. At, when I was younger, I didn't pay attention to any of it. It flew over completely over my head because that's not the way that I grew up. We didn't have different colors. We didn't, I mean, we, we did, but we didn't when it came to work. Yeah. There was no color. There was no gender. Um, any color, any race, any gender could do the same thing as any other race or any other gender, and that's the way how I grew up. And it never dawned on me to see, I never really saw racism till I was like, Almost an adult.
0: <laughs> well, I kind of I grew, grew up with it, to be honest. I mean, I was surrounded by it. I, I was up to my ears in it and never realized it. Um, and, and But it was one of these strange situations where, uh, you am not going into great detail about it, but I had a family situation where um, I had a father who whose attitude was, do as I say, don't do as I do. And that was probably the healthiest thing that ever happened to me. Um, He was a, he was a good man. He was a very, very good man, but he was involved and came from an environment that today people wouldn't understand. Um, Right. You know, they would look back on it and, 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 and just look at it as a terrible thing. But it's like back in those days, that's the way things were. Um, right. and, and what that ended up doing was, and this is why I say it gets dangerous, is because you know, we're having this discussion, we, we 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 glanced over the subject of racism, but the knee-jerk reaction, especially in the white community when you're dealing with racism, is immediately slap your hand down and go, it's bad. Don't be racist. It's bad. And without really explaining, what the hell did you just say? You know, right. my my point was, and and, and I mean, I'm not going to say I haven't had my biasness, but, you know, I was always raised under this attitude of judge people by their achievements, not anything else. Now, you may get a bad first impression. You may see somebody and and just say, oh, they're an asshole because of a couple of things they've done. But you leave that door open enough that if they wanted to, they could prove themselves to be a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. but that comes with a price. And I think that price is we have to recognize cultural differences. We have to acknowledge that. Uh, you know, when, 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 you look at, um, when you look at a story that's written by somebody that grew up uh, in, in, in bad neighborhoods in, say, Philadelphia or Baltimore and experienced racism all their life, and, you know, it's going to come through in the stories. And you have to be able to read that and be comfortable and go, that's a perspective. Very much as you would if you read a story of, uh, of um, uh, you know, a, a, a citizen of Shanghai or of Nanking Man, of you know, when the Japanese rolled in and just devastated that city. You, right. know? you don't have to sit there and go, all Japanese are bad and we should never do that. Or you don't have to crawl into the skin of a Chinese uh, survivor but you need to acknowledge the differences that were going on there, and, and this is everywhere. You know, whether it's uh, you know the Romans versus the Gauls, or, or the Armenians versus the Turks, or the Russians versus the Ukrainians. You know, there's there's differences there that are very very real, and it's not all black and white. And and you have to stop and acknowledge those before you can get around them. I mean, if, you, if, you're walking, if you're walking down the road and go, I don't believe in potholes, you're going to trip over a freaking pothole. <laughs> but if you know what a pothole is and you know what to look for and you're looking for them, you can step over them or get around them.
1: Right, exactly. But, and, and, that, and like you were saying, though, depending on, you know, how someone's upbringing. So somebody who lived in Compton, you could take three people and have them write the same story. And the person who lived in Compton their entire life is going to write it one way. And the person who lived in a nice, rich, snobby neighborhood wrote it another way. And the poor little girl who lived in a neighborhood where there was like a total of five white kids in the school and one was her, her sister, and her teacher um, out of the five, so we could figure out where the other, I don't know who the other two were, Um, they're going to write it in another completely different way. Because exactly. they all have different upbringing, and you yeah. do have to always look at somebody else's perspective. One of the really something. Okay, this is going to go into TV real quickly. One of the coolest things I've ever seen, um, and this episode will always stick out in my mind. Um, were you ever a fan of the Twilight Zone? Oh God, yes. Do you remember the episode where the command? They're, they're sitting there, and it's like World war, war. It, it's during like the Vietnam War or something. And they're sitting there, and they're like, well, we'll just go in and bomb the Japs right, or the two, or the Koreans right out of there. And then he gets hit in the head, and then he wakes up, and he is a Korean or something. Yeah. And then yeah. and he sees a completely different aspect. That's, that was so touching and so eye-opening at that time. It was absolutely brilliant. And it's still one of my favorite episodes to date of The Twilight Zone. Well, that's, that's the
0: point, and this is the job of an artist. You know, you have to be able to do that. You have to be able to t- detach yourself and get into other people's skins. You have to really kind of look at and, and acknowledge the differences that are all around you. You know, don't ignore them, don't pity them, don't glorify them. Just acknowledge them. You know, when if you know, you take a kid from Compton, uh, you take a kid from um, uh, I don't know uh, Des Moines. You take a kid from uh, uh, anywhere, Miami, and you know they're all going to have different stories, but they're all going to like you know, it, it, you know you're also going to see examples of people who are going to try to grade that, you know. Oh my God, a kid who grew up in Compton, he's got it so hard. Well, does he? Has he got it any worse than some kid who grew up in Bhopal, India? Has he got it any worse than the uh, the the you know, the, the, uh, the Bosnian Muslims that were getting killed by Serbs? You know, this is he, has he got it any worse than that? I mean, God, he had a McDonald's to go to. You know, <laughs> he had a he had a roof over his head. He, had, he, he might even have video games, for all you know. You know, he, but but at the same time, uh, you, you know, you get some kid that's you know living in some nice suburban house. He's never seen a drive by. Um, you know, nobody he's ever seen has, has been ever shot. Uh, you know, he's. He, he doesn't have to deal with the fact that no matter how good his grades are, and how many times he goes to church, and how respectful he is of of, of this fellow man, that he might get killed by a cop <laughs> just because you know, of, of the color of his skin. You know, there's there's realities there that are all over the place, and you can't really scale them. You can't just simply say, okay, here's this 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 simple scale. You know, these people have it better than these people. No, it doesn't work that way. You know, you you've got it worse in this way, but yet. You got it better than that person over there in that way they've got it better than this person over here, but it's all because of our differences you know and the one thing that can drag us out of those ruts the one thing that can really pull us out of 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 these stereotypes of these of these tragedies uh is 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 And I'm just going to flat out say art. And when I say art, I don't mean just drawing. I mean everything. I mean writing. I mean music. I mean acting. I mean culture. Where you're, 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 you're using technical skill to portray what's inside you and telling a story to somebody else. And showing somebody else your story. Because now they have the ability to look at your story and go, wow, that's where you're different from me, but that's where you're alike with me. And they can relate. And that interaction starts happening. And this is what's going to help humanity. It's not going to be you know, people making a tone or people uh, you know, striving to, 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 to you know, help charities and such. It's going to be a universal understanding. Now, that may sound very socialist, if you want, but at the same time, I think it has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with governing. It has nothing to do with economics. It really has everything to do with just people looking at the person next to them and going, you know, hey, that's a person you know, and, and understanding what the differences and the similarities are. And if you want to, you know, being able to draw them a nice little picture of something and make, make them smile. And, you know, that I think is the, the main goal of what we all should be doing. Because I think we really should just, you know, forget this whole crap of, of trying to make the entire world a better place and just maybe making two or three people smile a day. And, and you know, that might take care of itself. Wow, did I just get weird on, my, on that one or not? I thought we were going to talk about comics and movies and shit. What's that?
1: Welcome to AGP, where we go from Teenager Ninja Cthulhu's to kaiju movies to Batman to yeah. hey guys, this is what art really is. <laughs> I hope we didn't.
0: I hope we didn't lose half your audience on that one. I really. I'm sorry if we did. We we you know we can we can still talk about you know Black Widow's boobs if you want. I mean that's kind of cool.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about Black Widow's boobs. They're boobs. Boobs They're are boobs. Boom. Some are small. Some, some are large. Some are small. Some look like mosquito bites. Some are round. Some are saggy. <laughs> some touch knees. So boobs are boobs are boobs.
0: Hey, She-Hulk <laughs> has a nice rack,
1: all right? <laughs> you know, it's only the gamma rays that keep those lifted up. I'm just saying. Nice.
0: It's, well, that's got to be what it is. That's got to be what it is. Uh, because eventually... eventually, I don't know. eventually try to cover everything at once. And again, it gets back to, you know, what I do is I'm trying to, jumping in my face here. It's what I try to do. Uh, you know, I, I, I watch a movie, I see a TV show, or I think back on a good memory, and I'm like, you know, I remember that. That's a fun thing. You know, whether it's the tick or whether it's the Deadpool or whether it's Godzilla or whether it's Sons of Anarchy. You know, I look back on that and go, that's a good memory. And I want other people to have that memory, too. I want them to see it. And that's kind of what it all comes down to. You know, I, I'll sit there and sketch this stuff out, and I draw it, and I'm thinking, uh, you know, I, I, I just had a great memory about watching War of the Gargantuas. I want other people to experience that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want other people to see what I just saw. And, and it's not just, you know, a representation of the movie. Uh, you know, sometimes I like to sit down and say, well, what would be my interpretation if I got to redesign these monsters? Or what would, have, you know, what would happen if it took place in a different situation or, or whatever? and 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 that's when it gets fun is, you know then you can start showing this to other people and saying you know this this is what my perspective's like, you know what's your perspective on that and and if it's a good one, well heck yeah you know you're you know you're you're happy, and you can go, yeah, someone buys it <laughs> but, but uh you yeah, it's that's that's really kind of what it all comes down to and, and i I've been asked a couple of times it's like uh you know why don't you ever go work for a comic book company and it's like i don't really want to um you know, first off, I feel I'm too damn old. Second, I, I I'm having fun doing what I'm doing. Uh, you know, I've I've always kind of grown up wanting to do the you know the real job thing. I, you know, I was trained for. it. I'd studied advertising, I studied marketing, and I always kind of wanted to get into the in, in, into the office world and, and and you know see what it was like to uh, you know sell a fast food restaurant or sell uh, uh, shoes, and and you know create artwork that does that. And, and, and looked at it as a challenge, thinking, you know, if I can create a piece of art that would be successful in an advertising piece as well as on a comic book, then I feel like I've accomplished something. And, and that was where I, I kind of wanted to stay. You know, it wasn't laziness or anything like that. Um, I got in the convention circuit late simply because it was a new avenue. You know, it was one of those, I hadn't done it. I, I always meant to do it. I never did it. And I just simply looked into the, the, you know, what it would take to do that, and I just tried to do my best work. And I, I, I stepped, did, stepped right into it and said, okay, here we go, and never looked back. And I realized it was, it was a fun world, and it was a great place to meet other artists and to grow as an artist. Uh, and, and, it, and it kind of funded itself at the same time. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it's, it was a great avenue. But as far as like being, you know, sitting down saying, you know, the pinnacle of my existence would be to sit down and draw the Incredible Hulk, it, it, that's, that, that's a lie. I, I can't say it is.
1: Very much so. And speaking of conventions and the convention life, you have a couple of conventions coming up.
0: hmm uh, Going up to Motown, uh, Motor City Comic Con, coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, we'll be set up in uh, Artist Alley. Uh, I have some new prints that I'll be bringing up. One of them being prints. Ha
1: ha ha! <laughs> <laughs> and where else are you going to be this week coming up? Uh,
0: this well, this week I'll be working. <laughs> but, uh, as I say, I'll be heading up to um, uh, uh, I'll be heading up to Novi for the Motor City Comic Con, uh, and then the uh, following weekend uh, I'll be closer here in Pittsburgh, uh, just south of downtown. Uh, for the Three Rivers Comic-Con. Uh, this is its first year. I'm uh, very excited about it. I know the guys that are uh, that are putting this thing together. Um, it looks like it's going to be a fun thing. So uh, that's another thing. Two weeks. Uh, yeah, come on down to uh, Century 3 Mall in the Pittsburgh area, you local folks, and, uh, and see a brand-new Comic-Con be born. It's, uh, it's going to be great. Uh, where a lot of shows have uh, sort of gone to the direction of pop culture, which there's nothing wrong with that, um, this one is going back to the roots, it seems, of uh the old Comic Cons where it's really just about comics. And that's a fun thing, you know, that's 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 where you're going to really get to meet some old artists and you're gonna to get to see some new stuff that that you, well, old stuff that is actually new. <laughs> Probably a <lot> of <laughs> Um But but it's gonna be an interesting thing. And uh uh after that, uh, let's see, uh Sci Fi and the Valley Con and Altoona PA. Um, I'm not going to be there for the entire thing, but I'm going to be out there for most of it. Uh, First time doing that show. Uh, Sounds like a promising show. Um, They've been doing a lot of marketing for it. Uh, There's going to be an interesting guest list, Uh, so I'll be at that. And then let's see, a couple of other small shows after that. Uh, One that I would like to mention uh, to uh, Ohio folk um, is that uh, All-American Comics will be doing uh, uh, the All-American again this year in uh, July. The data on that I don't have handy, um, but uh, if, you, if you go to All American Comics uh, uh, Facebook page or their website, you'll, you'll get the data on that. It's an awesome little show in Warren, Ohio. Um, it's grown incredibly. Um, it's at the Packard Music Hall, it's a Sunday show, and it's a great way to go in and see some amazing young talent that I don't know if these guys are ever going to break out of the comics business or not, but they're very talented, they're very driven, and they're very, very nice, and this is a great way to support local artists. Um, you know, you, you get some good prints, some good quality stuff, plus some good merchandise there, because even the merchandisers are always set up with these things. Uh, but that's a fun little show there, and uh, I'm plugging that for my buddy Greg, because uh, <laughs> that's the thing that he's doing. Uh, there's a couple of as a, a Sean show in August up in Cleveland. Uh, The uh, neocon, Uh, I'll be up to that. And that that pretty much covers me straight through Summer.
1: Awesome. And, of course, where can everybody find more information about you and your work?
0: Uh, Secret Files uh, held in the FBI's offices in Quantico, Virginia. (laughs) I wish I was joking. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Also, they can look me up on Facebook. Uh, J.E. Fife Illustration has uh, has a professional page. Uh, I did have a web page, but we've uh, had some technical issues, so I'm sort of letting it die slowly. Um, but I can also be found on ComicArtFans.com, a great website uh, for those interested in original artwork, pages, prints, anything. Uh, it is a who's who of anybody who's drawn in the comics business, um, run by a, a very brilliant man out in Cleveland, Mr. Bill Cox, who uh, Uh, This thing is a visionary site. Uh, It's set up so that uh, just about anybody interested in this could could put in their own portfolio and add to it and update it at will and contact people directly. And it became a great avenue for anybody who was interested in purchasing original artwork. Uh, I've seen pages from the 1960s, very valuable ones, trading hands on this website, uh, I've seen original artwork by people you've never ever heard of, but you know, really should have. And I've seen artwork by people that you have heard of. And it just blows your mind that that, that you're seeing just sketches that they're they're posting. Gene Cullen was was, was a member of that site. And uh I, I'll never forget the day I just saw an update. It's like, Yeah, Gene Cullen posts an update and it was a like freaking brand new Dracula sketch that he put up. <laughs> and And you're thinking to yourself as like you know I grew up reading his Dracula, and there it is right there in front of me and 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 had I the money, I could have probably contacted him and made a bid on it so so if you if you if you uh, you know if if you're interested in anything like that, yeah, you definitely should be aware of that web page um and yes you you'll you'll get a very comprehensive look at my work, most of my work that I've done is on that page uh and and if you're interested in any of it, you can contact me directly or if you just want to make fun of it, you can contact me directly. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that is yeah, awesome. that's,
0: that's pretty much it. Nothing, uh, I, you know, I've got a couple of projects uh, that uh, I am working on. None of them far enough to really worth mentioning except for one. Uh, I'm doing some pencils with a very brilliant storyteller and artist named uh, Josh Warner. Um, he's out of the Chicago area, and he's been doing a book called *The Adventures of Mighty Moose* for several years, and it is an amazing story. Uh, that is, man, it, it, this 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 brutally simplifies it, but for for your listeners to get their heads around it, if you can imagine a cross between *The Dark Knight Returns* and *Zootopia*, that would be about the best way to describe this. It is a dark, gritty, noir story of a superhero in a a very tough city dealing with dangerous, dangerous criminals, and everybody's animals. They're cats, they're ducks, they're moose. (laughs) And there's no real explanation for that. It's just they are what they are. And, And it challenges you to go through this story and read this and say, yeah, you know, it, 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 it when I say challenges you I mean it's great because what it does is you you know you'll read this and you will completely forget that you're reading about the animals. This is not Disney. This is not teenage Mutant ninja turtles, this is just flat out comics and it's and, and it's 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 amazing. Uh Josh approached me about doing uh helping him out with the story. I've been doing some pencils with him, not nearly prolific enough. Uh, but it's been a joy working working on this project with him on it, and uh, hopefully sometime soon we will get it to the point where it can be released or where my work will be on it. But uh, but yeah, I got to give Josh a plug on that. He's going to be up at Motor City as well. Uh, if if uh, if you want a really really good comic, something that uh, you know it, it, it's just a good read, uh, but but something a little on the different side, yeah, check out Josh's uh, work, The Adventures of Mighty Moose. Look him up uh, at Motor City.
1: All right. That's I think I plugged awesome. about everybody now. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jay, I want to thank you so much for spending the time with me today. I had so much fun totally nerding out with you and getting to talk about all these amazing things. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, it's 30 minutes over normal time.
0: <clears throat> I saw that. I saw that. It, you know, I'm sorry. I get a little long-winded, and I did get a little philosophical there on, on, on you, and I really haven't planned that. I was kind of hoping to keep the light, it light funny but... I don't know, man. You, and you and managed to hit a few buttons of on having,
1: that one. That's the joy of having a live show. You never know what you're going to get. Exactly, exactly. But,
0: uh, but, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll see all you guys up in Motor City this weekend. It's going to be a good time. Um, wish I was going to see you there. You know, probably, as you said, you might not Are be up you? there. And I'm,
1: that, that? that office manager who who has to go to the Bahamas and get drunk, Bad office manager. You're not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to go now, out of town every your, week.
0: Now tell your listeners what I told you. You should do.
1: <laughs>
0: what are you going to do? I,
1: I have to kick him in the shins every day for the rest no, of no, my no, life. No,
0: no, 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 no. You take a sharpie marker and what do you do?
1: Oh, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna write your name on oh, this meat cap.
0: And then what do you tell him?
1: But you're gonna take out his kneecaps.
0: Well, actually, you just simply say
1: that's who it belongs to now, <laughs> <laughs> which means you're gonna take out his kneecaps.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no,
0: no, 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 no. I just say, oh my god, I, I just, I just, at a broadcast forum, I just made a thread. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and there's evidence. So uh, guys, it was nice knowing Jay. He will be under surveillance now. So uh... <laughs> after Motor
0: City I'll be at Juliet State Penn for a while.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll be doing sketches.
1: <laughs> well I guess we
0: Oh, hey, this was fun. If, if you know, if, if we ever get to do it again, I promise I'll be a lot lighter. I, I promise.
1: What do you mean, if, dude? You're welcome on the show anytime. I have to say, man, I need to nerd out. Let's do this. <laughs> well, that's, that's, you that's a
0: deal. You, you, I'm going to take you up on it. You just let me know when you want to do this, and we will we will make it happen. It's a lot of fun.
1: Who's my guest next week again? No. <laughs> All right, Well, I'm going to get off the... Who's
0: Lee person? Who cares? Who cares? What has he done lately?
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Amanda and Jay show. Do, do,
0: do, 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 the end is near.
1: <laughs> yeah, just remember, Amanda,
0: I did it my way.
1: <laughs> no, of course. Is there any other way?
0: There isn't. Hey, thanks, dear. I will see you again on the circuit. I can't wait till whenever that's going to be.
1: Eventually soon. Trust me. It's not, it doesn't take me long to find a convention and go. And on that note, Um, If you want to learn more about AGP, you could go over and like us over on our website, which is AmandaGillanPresents.com. Like us over on Facebook, AmandaGillanPresents, and follow us over on Twitter, which is LadyVader79. Remember, Gillan is spelled like William, but with a G instead of a W. And on that note, everybody, it's time for me to go, ooh, let's play some Star Wars Battlefront, and for Jade to probably go watch some kaiju movie somewhere. And right. no
0: animals were and no animals were hurt during the duration
1: of this broadcast. <laughs> but they might have been eaten by a monster. So, it's <laughs> our bad. <laughs> you all have a great night. Bye. <laughs> Peace out,
0: everyone. Peace out. Thanks a lot. Talk to you soon. <laughs> bye bye.
1: Or not, because the show doesn't want to end. <clears throat> Seriously, the show's not ending. Um. Welcome back to the show because it won't end. You still there?